Welcome to the Lead Me On podcast, where we give you practical solutions for extraordinary leadership. My name is Lori King-Taylor, and I'm here with my co-host, Lori Gorell. For more than 25 years, we've been educating and coaching individuals who want to transform the way they lead. Join us each week as we provide inspiring conversations to help you increase your capability to lead with greater impact and influence. Get ready. It's time to lead me on. Hello, Lori King-Taylor. Well, hello there, Lori Gorell. How are you today? I'm fantastic. Thank you very much. And you? I am doing quite well myself. I am glad you're here because today we are talking about negative self-talk. And for whatever reason, this has been cycling around a lot for my clients and for myself. So that I know you've been spending a great deal of time um, posting some videos on things like this and working with some teams and on negative self-talk. So let's dig in. Let's do. Yeah, I've spent a lot of time here recently with clients and in my membership program talking about negative self-talk and really talking about learning how to speak to yourself, how to get rid of that negative self-talk. Because to be a successful leader, you have to get control of the negative self-talk. And it's that when we when we think about negative self-talk, what it is is that inner dialogue that really limits yourself and limits your ability to reach your full potential. And when I was doing my research, I was just astonished by um, one of the studies that came out that said that we think about 50,000 to 70,000 thoughts a day. So 50,000 to 70,000 thoughts a day. I and knew that a- I was tired. <laughs> I know it's exhausting <laughs> to think about that we think that much. It's like, wow, I'm, I'm thinking a lot. <laughs> That's a lot of thinking. That doesn't include what we're saying, right? That's just what we're thinking. And that about 80% of those thoughts are negative. You know, I liken that to our brains being like a Google. We put in a thought and it returns 10 pages of negativity. So... I believe it that it's 80% because I th- aren't we wired to think negative before we are positive? It's a bit of a safety mechanism. It is. It is absolutely. Our brains are wired that way and it is a survival mode for us that we come to the negative. It's called negative bias. That any thought that comes in, we always kind of put the negative to it in such of a sense as how is this going to harm me? How is this going to hurt me? How is this going to negatively impact me so that we know how to protect ourselves and how to survive? The key is getting past that to where you can start putting more positive things in that place because there are so many negative consequences associated to negative self-talk. Uh, one of which is there all the studies have shown in the world today, we already are having such a struggle with mental health issues. Um, 
depression in our teens, 10 to 18, have skyrocketed. Suicide in 10 to 18, skyrocketing. So we already have so much going on. And then if you tend to be that person that has 80% of your thoughts being negative, it's just compounding. Um, and so really causing a lot of mental health issues. I also think that from what I've read of, of yours and what I feel myself is the self-talk really causes a lot of extra stress. And when I'm stressed, I know I'm not as productive. Well, absolutely. Think about it. Whenever, so you're in the survival mode. So your, your brain is releasing cortisol, that, that hormone, that negative hormone cortisol to kind of help again in that survival mode. And that's exhausting. So the more stressed you are, the more tired you're going to be. Um, and then again, it, it lends itself to so many other things. But, and if you're that tired, it affects your cognitive function. So cognitively, you're not at your best. So, and with the release of the cortisol, you're not at your best. You cannot be a top performer. And leaders really need to be able to perform at the maximum level. And they're leading people, right? They're setting the example. They are. And I think about that. It's like, we create the space for our teams. And if we keep swimming around in negative self-talk, and that's what we're putting out into the world, that's the container we give to our teams. And that's the other key is that when you're spreading that, negativity spreads quicker than positivity. Again, coming back to that negative bias that, that our brains are more prone to the negativity because of the survival mode, that you're more contagious to the folks around you. It's highly contagious. You can be a really positive person and you might have some positive effect on people. Uh, but if you are a real negative person, you can take a group of positive people and squash them very quickly. Yeah, it is amazing how fast we can bring it down so much faster than we can build it back up. So I'm seeing the importance of getting the negative self-talk under control yeah. so that we, we can get back to a better space. Yeah. So negative self-talk is going to hurt your performance. It's also going to cause depression. And if you think about a leader who's depressed, uh, what kind of effect is he having or she is having on the people on their team? You know, if they're down in this deep, dark hole, what is that going to do to their teammates? The other thing it does is it affects your confidence in yourself. And as leaders, you know, we need to be very confident in our ability as leaders because, again, we are demonstrating to the team around us. So we need to be confident, not cocky. There's a difference in confidence and cocky, but we need to be very confident in what we're doing so that our team members feel confident and negative self-talk is going to demean that. I love the example you give about the athletes. Will you share that? Yeah. So there was some research that was done that said um, in looking at athletes, 
those athletes who spend a lot of time doing positive reinforcement, positive talk, very performed at a much higher level than athletes with the same skills and abilities who participated in negative self-talk. Positive thinking, really talking positive to yourself, you're going to perform at a much higher level. So it was really neat to see because that's something you can really measure, right? You can measure an athlete's performance. And so it was neat to see them put those athletes in those two different groups and find out that it really did affect their performance on the field. I think it would be interesting to know if if the research extended to what was the experience for their teammates, right? If, If there could be that measurement, if you are positive yourself and that's what you're putting out, it's it's easier to be positive toward other people. And when you can be positive toward other people, right, it really helps to bring the team along. It does. Well, just think about yourself whenever you've been on a team, whether it's an athletic team, if you played sports in high school or college, or whether it's been on a work team. When you have people on that team that are positive and they speak positive in you, if you've had a teacher or a coach speaking positive in you, it really does help you overcome whatever negativity that you're feeling within yourself. So let's talk about opportunity thinking versus obstacle thinking. And I I like the way that you categorize that because I've had conversations around this. I've talked around this, but I hadn't put it into those two buckets before. All right. So, and if you think about the words, it's opportunity and obstacle. So those people who focus on negative self-talk and they focus on negative thinking, negative things in their life, those are the people that are practicing obstacle thinking. There's always an obstacle in their way, right? Something's always wrong. There's always a reason they can't do something. They always feel like a failure. But opportunity is those people are going to have the same roadblocks and hiccups in life that anyone else is going to have, but they view them as, what am I going to learn from this? Um, How can I take this and use it to benefit me in the future? So when you practice uh, opportunity thinking, you're looking to grow. You're looking to push yourself forward. I've asked a client, uh, multiple clients. One of my questions is, are, are you focused on your issues? Or are you focused on your ideas in this moment? Are you focused on the potential and possibility? Or are you focused on your problems? And I'm seeing when, you know, I we have those conversations, really, we could be putting it into obstacle and opportunity buckets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it would be a great activity to have your clients sit down as they're going through their thoughts and say, okay, is this thought an obstacle thought? Or is this thought an opportunity thought? And how can I make the obstacle thought an opportunity? Because you can make that. And that's what we have to learn to do is turn that obstacle thought. How are we going to turn it into an opportunity thought. And 
right, the converse, like we were talking earlier about the consequences of negative self-talk. It seems like all of those can be reversed when we shift our mindset into opportunity thinking that we're going to be able to, instead of being demotivated, we're going to increase our performance. Right. We really have to start discovering where the roots of the negative thoughts come from, because when we can discover where those roots come from, then we have the ability to make changes. So one of the things that I ask my clients to do is do, I ask them the question, do you practice always and never thinking? And what I mean by always or negative thinking is when a situation comes up, do you say, this always happens to me? I always get interrupted and not able to finish a project on time. People are always talking negatively to me. So things are not always, right? You don't always do that. You might've done it once or twice or three times. And this might've happened to you occasionally, but it's not something that happens to you always. And then on the other hand is the never. I never get to spend quality time uh, with my family. I never you know, get this work from my coworkers in time so I can do, you know, finish my part of the project. I never just add that in. Are you the type of person that practices that thinking? Because what you're doing is you're just exaggerating the situation because it's never an always or never. We call that in, in my universe, uh, solidifying when you're making something just absolute, it's always, or it's never, it's every time or everyone it's making, it's just solidifying an opinion that you have. And you're right. It just gets us all tangled up. Yeah. The other thing we need to think about is, are you the type of person that focuses on the negative? So what I mean there is, are you always looking at everything terrible in the world? So when you think about, uh, you can take any time period in life and, and you can sit down and think about what's going on. You can find the negative in anything, right? There's always negative. There's going to be negative in our world, in our lives. Do you focus on um, that negative? And I like to tell my clients, you get to choose what you focus on. You get to choose whether you focus on the positive or whether you focus on the negative. So things in the world might not be perfect. They might not go the way you want them to go. They rarely do on a regular basis. They might go your way for a few months and then not your way for the next few months. But do you just sit down and dwell on that negative thought process or do you try to find some of the positive and what's going on? Well, it goes back to our human nature is to lean towards the negative. So I often think, you know, well, this is us or it's our client having a very human reaction to the world around them. They're focused on the negative. And because that's our default, it it's sometimes takes what we've talked about before, that pattern interruption to, to get out of it because it, it is just built in that we we automatically go to the negative and we have choices right if we're going to focus on the negative or positive but before you can even recognize that there's a choice to be had 
you need that wake up to, to recognize that you're focusing on the negative. Yeah. So when you feel before you yourself, can go find that positive. Well, and, and one of the things that you need to do to really recognize that is pay attention to your body because you're going to feel the negative thoughts before you even realize that you're having them because our bodies have that reaction. That's why they're called feelings because we feel them. So really paying attention to your body. If you're sitting there and, and I'll use the example of the news there, I just have to turn it off a lot of times because it's very, I find it very negative focused. But at the same time, if I feel myself getting tense, getting stressed, if I feel my body kind of going into a, a, into a dark hole, then I need to recognize what's going on and I need to eliminate whatever is causing that. So for me, in that particular situation, I have to turn it off and I have to walk away and then process through positive things. So I have to make that conscious effort to say, okay, this is what's negative that I'm feeling, but how can I turn that into a positive? How can I turn that into an opportunity? Have you ever heard the term awfulizing? I have not. (laughs) (laughs) Awfulizing. I'm not sure where it even came from other than uh, a client years ago, and she was she was sharing a story about her daughter and how her, her daughter very often focused on the negative. And she's like, she just awfulizes everything. And it, it became a thing. So now when, when I hear when somebody's, you know, really over-focused on the negative or everything is a catastrophe, I, I come back to that term of awfulizing. I love the it. The act awful of making life. everything awful and bad. <laughs> I love that. Well, that kind of leads us to another uh, root of negative thoughts. And that is asking yourself if you practice catastrophic predicting. And what I mean by that is this is when you imagine the worst possible ser- scenario in any situation. You, you get news. Uh, your company is being bought by another company. Oh my God, we're all going to lose our jobs. We're all, they're going to shut us down. You know, it's catastrophic. It's the worst scenario that, and you think about that with everything that happens. And um, you need to just sit down and ask yourself, how often does the catastrophe really happen? And it's very rare. It's rare, but a a quieter, milder, probably more frequent version of that is something I call forecasting. Mm-hmm. And it's when we we take memories of the past and we apply them right now. I will they always do that. It's I know that's what's gonna happen. Or XYZ is bound to happen. They're completely forecasting. So it's almost like that that lower volume version of catastrophic thinking. Mm-hmm. And both, you don't know, you you cannot predict the future. 
So you can't forecast what's really going to happen. And what good are you doing yourself to always forecast the most negative thing that could happen? And you spend so much precious time and brain space when you go to any of these places, but I see it a lot with forecasting because when you're just wound up trying to predict the future, you're not paying any attention to the present and moving through the moment. And it's just a bunch of wasted energy. It is. And it's exhausting because again, forecasting neg- something negative is going to happen. You're that cortisol's going to work, that cortisol's dripping through your body, your adrenaline is racing, you're going to be exhausted. And so yeah. then again, hurting your performance. So, so let's jump into eliminating self-talk. Because I, I think it's, we've, we talked about, you know, what it might sound like, how we might get there. But let's talk about how we might get out of it. So when it comes to eliminating self-talk, the first thing we need to do is recognize that we're having it, that, oh, wait, this is negative. I am doing something negative and do that pattern interruption that we talked about. And you know, I love the phrase, no, Amy, not today. You know, I blame Amy for everything, but it's just a way of, of interrupting what's happening in your brain and sending your brain into a tailspin to where it's now going, well, well, now what do we do? Because this is what we've always done. So recognizing that that's happening and stopping it. And then asking yourself some questions. Uh, One question I would say is, are these thoughts factual or are they just my interpretation of the situation? Yeah, it's, really doing a reality check is is this real is this my again your interpretation of it what is my spin or I'm telling myself a story about a a situation yeah and we have some very vivid imaginations right (laughs) we do well if you think about it right it all comes back to that neuroscience it's all pulling from our own stuff, our own brain stuff. So it sounds very relevant and sexy because it's just a remix of what's already living in our brains. Yeah, exactly. The, the next question we need to ask is, am I jumping to a negative conclusion? And, you know, I'll, I'll use a personal example of something recent. I have a place I have to have, um, I went to the doctor here recently And I have a place on my leg and the doctor looked at it and he goes, Ooh, I really don't like this. And he said, we need to do surgery to remove all of this. It's some type of cancer. I'm not sure what type it is, but we've got to get in there. So I, what do I do? There's all different kinds and there's little, um, my, my mom has had several skin cancers removed that it's not been a big deal. They've taken it off, but I'm like, what if it's melanoma? What, you know, it's all, you know, cause melanoma is like an iceberg. So it's all under the surface and you can't see it. And what if they got to take off half my leg and da, 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 you know, so it's, you automatically jump to that, you know, what is the worst that that negative conclusion that can happen instead of going, 
oh yeah, it's the size of the end of my pinky. He'll just get in there and just scrape it off, put a couple of stitches in, I'm good to go. <laughs> so when we get any kind of news, um, ask yourself, am I just jumping to a negative conclusion? Am I making this bad? When is there a positive conclusion that actually could come from it? And then ask yourself, are these thoughts true? Because a lot of times we can spin things so many different directions in our own minds that they might not even be true at all. <laughs> that happens so often. And for everyone, again, back to how we're wired. It is. So once you've asked yourself these questions, really start looking for those alternative expl uh, explanations. So are there any other ways I could look at this situation? It causes you to step back and think, okay, here's what's been presented to me. I'm looking at it in a negative manner, but is there any other way I can look at this? Where can I find those opportunities? Or what else could this mean? Like in my situation, I just, just told you about, we could go in there, take this out, biopsy it, and it could have been like nothing. It couldn't have even been the C word. It could have been nothing. You know, so what else could what you've been given mean? And then kind of focus in those areas. And if I were a positive person, how would I perceive this situation? So if I were in a really good mood and I was really in a positive mood, would I look at this different than how I'm looking at it right now? Because when we're under stress and we're already in a negative mood, we'll make things more negative. I often see that um, as a way to also, instead of if I were a positive person, how would I see it is um, how would a positive person see this? Sometimes we have to take ourselves out of the mix and do a little bit of out of body. If it were someone else that were positive, because when we're in a really bad space, it's hard to sometimes imagine if we were able to be positive. So putting it to the, the ethers, if, how would a positive person approach this? How might they see it to step back from it a little bit? And, and one step further with that is, do you have a friend? who happens to be a really positive person, pick up the phone and call them and ask, all right, this is what just happened. How do you see this? And let them, if you can't get in that space, find a positive person that you can talk to, somebody that you know always sees the sun rising in the morning and get their perspective on things and let them kind of help guide you through um, those perspectives. I think that brings up a good point whether it's for right here or not, but surrounding yourself with positive people, right? About the company you keep. And so if you're, you're wanting to pick up the phone and call a positive friend and you can't come up with someone to, to phone the friend, that might speak volumes as to where you are spending your time. And if it's in a big ball of negativity because that's who you hang out with, there's a, a big catalyst. There is the self-talk. You know, my dad always said to me growing up, he was very uh, particular about my friends and about the people that I hung around. And he always said, you are who you hang around. And that there is so much truth to that. You know, back then it was like, bah, you know, but there is so much truth to that. You are who you hang around. 
Oh, that makes so much sense because when I am with my daughter, I I can be a complete goofball just like she is. So I, I believe that. Oh, I love your goofball self. So another way to challenge your thoughts is use goal directing thinking. So ask yourself, is this way helping me to feel good or to achieve my goals? So by thinking the way I'm thinking, am I, uh, am I helping myself to feel good? Am I helping myself achieve our goals? Because as leaders, we have a whole lot of goals, a whole lot of things on our plate that we have to achieve. And if your thought process is keeping you from doing that, then you need to change the way you're thinking. You can also ask yourself, what can I do that will help me solve the problem? Again, going back to that opportunity thinking is, okay, so it is a problem. We have Houston, we have a problem. And thinking, okay, well, I can sit here and I can whine about it and I can dwell on it and I can foreshadow and all this, or I can fix the problem. And then the other one that I think is so important is what can I learn from this situation? Because negative things happen. Bad things happen to everybody. There is negative uh, negativity in our world and we're, we're going to experience it. But man, how many times have you learned something by going through a negative experience? And so when you're in that, can you sit back and say, okay, this isn't good, but what is it that I can learn from? I think that there is in every obstacle something to learn. And it's often because of an obstacle that we are learning. It is, you know, we call it uh, failing forward. When you, when you fail at something, when something doesn't go right, you pick yourself up, you learn from it and you push yourself forward. And that's really how we grow. Because if, if we never failed at anything and another, nothing negative ever happened to us, then we're really not pushing ourselves and we're not growing from it. So we need to look at it in those terms. And then the thing I ask my clients a lot when they are facing a lot of negativity and they're really beating themselves up, I'll ask them, what would you say to a friend? So if your friend were sitting here in front of you saying the exact same things to you, what would you tell your friend? And chances are you'd be much more gentle with your friend. You would um, be more encouraging with your friend. We're, we are our worst critics. We are our worst enemies. And we need to talk to ourselves like we would talk to a good friend. And nor would we allow someone to talk to us the way we talk to ourselves. It would be downright abusive and we wouldn't put up with it from someone else. No, we wouldn't or shouldn't. Unfortunately, you know, we allow that sometimes, but we shouldn't allow that and nor should we allow that within ourselves. And then the final step is I'm going to come back to something I preach on all the time, which is journaling and really taking time to sit down and put your thoughts on paper. And it's another way to help you kind of look through that situation. Um, it's very therapeutic when you do that, but it's also a terrific way uh, to become more self-aware and 
just sitting down and journaling and then walking away from it, but come back to it. And this is what I tell people, you know, journals are great to just kind of even in the moment, they're very therapeutic, but you learn from them when you go back to them. So go back and look at what you wrote and say, okay, what can I take from what I wrote here? How can I make this better in the future? What can I tell myself the next time I experience this? What can I tell myself? How can I turn this into a positive? I think sometimes even going back to the journal, you're able to, once you've had some distance from it going, really wasn't nearly as big as I was making it. All right. Practical solutions for extraordinary leadership. First, you have to observe that the negative self-talk is even happening. So that second, you can shift from obstacle thinking to opportunity thinking. And then really taking that time to put your negative thoughts into perspective. Is this true? Is this real? What are the facts about this? For extra support, Lori King-Taylor has been gracious enough to put a PDF together, and it is Rewriting Negative Self-Talk. It's a handout that you can find on Lori King-Taylor's website at trinityperformancesolutions.com. So, Lori King-Taylor, thank you so much for guiding us through negative self-talk today. It has been a pleasure to be with you once again this week, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, we would so appreciate a review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. If you're interested in knowing more about our upcoming events or working with one of us personally to transform the way you lead, visit our websites. For Lori King-Taylor, visit trinityperformancesolutions.com. And for Lori Gorell, visit upwardsolutionscc.com. Until next week.